I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sans Pants Radio, secretly a Soviet station. Fuck. <laughs> Please use that one, Zavit. Are you currently in a position where you just can't get enough of this bloody sandspans? You've devoured all of Shut Up a Second, you've listened to every plumbing, you could basically recreate Cassius's character sheet, but still, you're ravenous for more. Well, that's unsettling, but thankfully, we have the ability to sate that craving. Patreon subscribers currently have access to three bonus Sandspants shows, starring all of your favourites, as well as access to Dinosaur World, a whole mess of bonus D&D biz, and some of our old stuff too. So why not quell the ravenous beast inside you and head over to patreon.com forward slash sanspants right now. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some years just need reviewing. Today we're looking at 2016. Okay, so this year in pop culture um, has been... Pretty big, you know. We had, there had was, some Fantastic Beasts. We had some. We had Harry Potter. We had Star Wars. We had quite a bit of Marvel. We had Batman vs Superman. Yeah, was that um, this year? We had some good DC entries. Good. Was that really this year? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was last year. No, no. It's just it's. You know what? Shanks said the same thing before we came in. But anyway, like to to kick it all off, what would you, let's let's start off with what was the biggest disappointment of 2016? Uh Rogue One. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I'm doing that. I'm no. doing that to bait Can I just you. say it wasn't the biggest? You're doing that to bait me. Yeah, I am. Yeah, 100%. And I'm going to steal the the one liner that Damo bequeathed me let's to hear, use in the instance it. that you were going to bait me and talk about Rogue One's You've biggest disappointment of the so year. Much. Let's hear it. Rogue One, more like Rogue One to fall. <laughs> <laughs> that was not worth the build up. That had no effect <laughs> on Gabe at all. <laughs> no, do you know what? Fuck you both. I thought it was a good film. It's it's, it's not, not a good film. It's not the biggest disappointment of the film because it's a film that exactly met my expectations. Do you know what's interesting is that. I Someone thought it would be like, a little bit better than no, it was. I didn't. Well, then what was your biggest disappointment? Yeah, that's... Uh, probably something like X-Men Apocalypse. No, no, it'd be probably... For me, it's Apocalypse because the more... And I know I like it. Mm. I rewatched You it. like a lot of shit films, Tom. Yeah, I, as you pointed out the other day on mm. Twitter, I like yeah. more shit films than you would tolerate being friends with. Yep. Um, I rewatched Apocalypse. No, I rewatched Days of Future Past. It was, on, it was on TV. Yeah. And while watching it, I thought about Apocalypse and I was like... Man, Apocalypse was really bad. It was garbage. I actually started rewatching it last night because we're going to do a, a maintenance on it. And I got this is the intro with, um, what's his name? With Apocalypse. And I was like, nah, turn this off. It, yeah, look, to be honest, that actually, when I, when I, when, when rewatching Days of Future Past and knowing we we're going to do it, which is a good this, film, which is a great which film, which was a, I think a pleasant surprise. When, I, when you stack those was, two up, yeah. yeah. 
you just go, wow, they fucked it up so badly. Apocalypse had more expectation because Days of Future Past was surprisingly good. Correct. So I and think it was I just think... a very mediocre X Men film, which there have been quite a few of them. Actually, no, no. I want to change mine. Yep. Fuck, fuck Apocalypse. The most disappointing film that I had the unfortunate displeasure of having to sit through was Doctor Strange. I I'm not that, that far with it. That because... was just a mediocre film. No, to me, I, for me, like, it was disappointing because I went in thinking it was. It is weird be though because something good. That's I looked at it. It's still sitting on like ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. So it's weird because like everybody seems to like it, and you know yet all of us went and saw it together, and we were like well, unanimously, we were all like, "Ah, oh, shit." It proves the DC <laughs> fanboys right that uh, the critics are rigging the system in Marvel's favor. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't. Actually, no, the thing about Doctor Strange that like I don't think it was. Bad. I just thought it was so it was a bit singularly average. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah. I mean, it was, and it, it's like, it's funny because, like, after BVS, I sort of walked out and I was like, holy shit, like, nothing, nothing has made me appreciate Marvel more because at least they make competent films. Yes. But I walked out of Doctor Strange and I was like, you know what? Say what I will about BVS and Suicide Squad, but at least I had things to talk about after those films. Like, yeah. Doctor Strange, I walked out and I was like, I have no strong feelings and see, whatsoever. I have no – it didn't seize pop culture. It didn't like, – An hour later, we were, we were having a drink and we were like, oh, we saw Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like we'd and there was forgotten that we'd nothing seen to talk and, about. And that's, yeah. that's absolutely – that's the reason it's my most disappointing film of the year is because I went in being like, here is an opportunity for Marvel to do something cool, to do something left afield. The, the cast is incredible and they give us this by the numbers that we just it, – it's almost like they're like, fuck, we have to put a film in that slot. Mm. For our big Marvel monolith, yeah. and they they just put something bland and shit in, it and it made me angry. I was like, "No, you're better than this. This is just as bad as Suicide Squad, but for different reasons." Can I be honest? He's not a character that I would have rushed to have added to their universe because, like, which is why you get to the end of the film, disappointed because he could be cool to add to the no, universe. No, no, no. But you get to the end of the film, and it's literally he's just got like the power to be like, "Oh, that didn't happen. I'll turn time back." And it's like, well, then nothing matters. There are no stakes in the universe because Doctor Strange could just fucking tweak. Yeah, everything. The consequences of time mean the bad things happen to people. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm tempted to say my biggest disappointment. I, I was tempted because initially I was like, "No, Rogue One met expectations," and I was like, "No," because Rogue One made me angry because I walked out and I was like, "There was so much that would have made that good. There are such obvious fixes." And that's and that's that how I feel about good. Strange. And that's like actually, if it was an actual heist film. Can you fuck off? It was a great film. I'm gonna get but like, angry. But like, let's we'll, we'll probably come to that later. But like, <laughs> I hope you get angry because I will. I actually think film. that my biggest disappointment of the year, and this is like for slightly more personal reasons, wasn't actually a film or a TV show. It was The Cursed Child. Okay, mm. only because. And I was thinking about this then, but I was like, the thing with The Cursed Child is that I wasn't excited. Not initially. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then, and I spoke about this at length in the Harry Potter episode, but like I really, you know, I'm really sick to death of millennial Harry Potter nostalgia. But I let myself buy into it. Sure. Even though, even though I was like, I'm not really interested in like this sort of, you know, throwback to a series that ended less than 10 years ago, this nostalgic thing. But then I was like, oh, but, and then I read the initial plot descriptions and I was like, that sounds fucking shit. But then my inner Harry Potter fan, my like inner teenager yep. came out and was like, no, I'm going to get excited. And I let myself think, maybe it's going to be better to read it. Maybe it will be good. And I let myself get excited about going to the bookstore on the Sunday when it came out, lining up, getting my copy, going home, spending the day reading Were there it. Were lines? And it was, no, there weren't. Okay. But, you know, like I, I thought there would be and there weren't, but it yeah. was very busy. Everyone was buying it. Yeah. But honestly, I was so I was so taken aback by how thoroughly shit it was. Yeah, I agree. Did you read it, Tom? I've read it. I See, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit odd about it because I've, I've read it. The, I, I enjoyed the first half. There are massive flaws. The second half is awful. Having said that, my girlfriend saw it, and I think seeing it 
but because she's she'd read it, yeah. she was like, yeah, it's it's really bad. She saw it and she's like, that's one of the best things I've ever seen. I think when you see it, it it the the sheer magic, the sheer spectacle of it all, the actors actually being those characters on stage, being back in that world again covers up the shortcomings that you get when you're just reading it See, on and the, the, page. The, tr- the truth is, though, like, this is kind of the flip side to that. I mean, theatre, when all is said and done, theatre is meant to be seen. Theatre is not complete until you're actually sitting in the theatre watching it. Um, a stay, a script is ultimately only a blueprint for it. And, we, I mean, we went into this at length in the Cursed Child episode about whether or not it was the right choice to do things that way and whether yeah. it was sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. But ultimately, when all said and done, I was like, "Yeah, but all the same issues with the plot are still going to be oh, there." Correct. She like, said intrinsically, the second, the, the part one is the best part. Yeah. Part two is terrible. It's like, how much can spectacle actually? I mean, if spectacle. It, but I, I don't know. I haven't seen the play. I don't know. No. But I don't see I imagine spectacle it's being able pretty to make spectacular. up for. You read it and you go, yeah. "Oh, that, I, I'm interested to see how they do that on stage." However, the story, it's like story doesn't stand alone by itself. It's, so it's rubbish. She was saying that the end of act. One well, part so part one ends. So you do it over two nights, which I think is the cool part. So yeah. you go in, you leave, you come back the next day, and you watch it again. And they give you a badge that says "Keep the secret," so you don't tell people on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, whatever. But she said the end of the end of the show, the first act is where Scorpius comes out of the lake. They literally suspend them from wires and do like projections of water, and you go, okay, we've seen that before. However, they then get dropped down. The floor opens up. They're in a pool of water that is built into the base of the stage, Scorpius actually swims to the surface and pulls himself out and is dripping wet when he climbs out of the lake. And then Dementors fly over the audience. See, I can see why people that would, would enjoy watching cool. it. Yeah. However, the story is still shit. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think the Look, spectacle covers up the flaws. It's yeah. hard to it's it's very hard to judge Cursed Child because ultimately when all is said and done, you know, we haven't seen it in the way it's intended to be seen. Yeah, sure. But I think when also I think ultimately, I mean, talking about when you talk about disappointments and everything, I think I think you can ultimately only judge things in how you experience them. And I think with Cursed Child, a lot of it was probably down to the fact that I just let myself buy into it. And I let myself buy into all that. It's the eighth story, all of that. And maybe I expected more from a play script. I don't know. But I also, again, I always kind of believe that like expectations don't really affect that much how you enjoy something. Because well, yeah. it was that adapted um, from a short story, wasn't it? She didn't write the script, did she? No, she did the, uh, the story. Like, she has the story credit, but then I think Jack Thorne, yeah. Jack yeah, Thorne wrote it. And it reads like fan fiction. It well, does. What's, it what's interesting like- is that they workshopped it a lot with the actors. You probably addressed this in the episode, but my biggest gripe is that a lot of the characters, bar Harry and Ginny, do not behave the way they have no, previously. That was, I found that really surprising. Minerva, uh, McGonagall's like a sassy Snape, Snape was a bad one. Snape, Snape was awful. Snape was, yeah. Snape was that bullshit Ron tumbler version of Snape. Yeah, it was, oh, it was Ron, so shit. Ron, what, what, Ron was of, Rupert Grint. Ron yeah. was Rupert Grint, and Hermione was way too stupid. Yeah, no, like not like not saying she's stupid. No, and if this isn't a like apparently the actor playing Hermione is phenomenal because yeah. like she's brilliant, and you can see that she's like you can see they've written it for the actors, so they they're perfectly inhabiting those characters. But it just doesn't work when you're reading it because you're not seeing someone do it. So I, I I I'm gonna let you include a book in a in a movie maintenance year and review. Well, we already we already did an episode did on Cursed Child. I think there's a precedent so. for all right, it. All right, all right. And yeah. also, you know, we're talking about TV as well. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Well, our biggest just BVS let me down a lot too, and it shouldn't have because I I should have known Zack Snyder directed it and I wasn't going to enjoy it. But in the lead up to it, because I went to like a uh, like a preview screening, like a special screening, and for some reason I just kind of got lost in the. Like, because I love Batman. Like Gabe with Kirsch. Yeah, I got yeah. I got lost yeah. in it a bit, and I was like, oh, but what if what if it's actually good? And it took all of about ten minutes to get. See, nah, that was exactly how I felt about Kirsch. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on, biggest surprise of the year. 
Fantastic, uh, Fantastic Beast. Beast for me as well. Actually, yeah, that's yeah. And do you know why? It was because it was on the tail of Cursed Child. I was like, I expected nothing. Fuck, it could be. I, I was excited that's because it. I can't help but be excited. But part of me was like, Cursed Child wasn't what I wanted Cursed it to Child be. Set what my if... expectations plummeting yes. for Fantastic Beasts? Yeah, and I, I, I'm I enjoyed that film so it's much. It's going to be too fan servicey. We're going to meet like Snape's grandma. I, I don't think I can do this. And then. It, it was one of my favorite films of the Me year. Me too. It was in my top five. I yeah, reckon. I, I yep. just enjoyed it so it's much. Probably in my top five too. It, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't fan I service. Had so much it was fun a complete story. It, it had a lot of heart. It was really fun. It swept you away. I. It was the perfect balance of fan service and new story. Exactly. They gave you little. Like, there's literally three beats of fan service. You have the Dumbledore line when he's Hogwarts in, in, twice or something. Like Hogwarts that. twice. Yeah, that's all I that's can think it. of. That's and oh, and his Hufflepuff scarf. Yeah, um, but even and, that, like that, just makes sense. Yeah, like, correct. That's a good thing. That's the difference between Rogue One fan service and Fantastic Beast fan service. Fantastic Beast fan service wasn't fan service because it made sense. Of course, Grindelwald would bring up Dumbledore. Correct. Of course, they would mention their wizarding schools and they don't know about the other ones. Of course, he would have his Hogwarts scarf. He's not that old. Like, Whereas in Rogue One, it's like, why the fuck are those two guys on that planet? Why, fuck why you, are they there? That's where why they started. They, why, nah, Tom. Fuck you guys. No. When I it watched Fantastic shit. Beasts, I had the grin on my face that I wish that I had while watching Star Wars. All right. All right. We're, I think we're at Rogue One. I don't think we can. I don't think we can continue the episode without addressing the Rogue One in the room. Um, so you know, I don't really want to talk about it because it's you know it let um, me down. I enjoyed it. I can understand that some of the okay there are okay there are two fan service bits that I'll give you. The two guys on the planet. Yep, get get rid of them. The Blue 3PO, milk. The whole, the whole film's fan service. Blue milk. R two D two and C three PO. Anytime fucking CGI Tarkin turns up, Leia. CGI fucking Leia turning up, the even fucking, having Vader, the, fucking, the, the red leader checking in, whatever, before that final fucking battle, Vader, why the, I mean, it was great, he was the best part of the film, but what the fuck, he had no purpose with anything, don't focus so much on like lovingly recreating fan service, actually write decent characters, Rogue One, and you know what, if you're going to sell me a fucking heist <laughs> film in space about fucking spies stealing the plans for the Death Star, make it about spies stealing the plans for the Death Star, not these fucking bland nobodies who just kind of walk in there, have a fight, and then all die. Why do we care? We don't care. They're not fucking characters. Tom, uh, what did you uh, like about the film? Go on, Tom. (laughs) Go on. For the record, I agree with Gabe completely. Yeah, but you, I'm going to look at you while oh, I do this because I can't it. make eye contact. I'm a little more calm. Just a little bit more calm. I'm a little bit scared because yeah. you've got long arms and I'm within reaching distance. <laughs> so, okay. Another fucking Jessica Jones situation, I, I know it. I'm going to put it out there. There are elements of Rogue One that aren't perfect. Oh, are there, Tom? <laughs> now, can I say, can I say, can I say, I've said that from the outset. I haven't been walking around saying, give it a fucking Oscar. It probably isn't in my top five movies of the year. It's one of my favourite films of the year. I had a good time watching it. I had a better time thinking about it afterwards than I did about Force Awakens because, hey, 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 hang on, hang on. I got a new plot. Whatever you think, I got a different plot. I'll even fight you on the fact that you believe that the space battle is the same because events on the ground are dictated. No, events in the air are dictated by events on the ground. False. Events in the ground are dictated by events in the air. Oh, what's, what's new about it, a, Tom? Come what's, on, mate. What's new about it? Yeah, yeah, they just tell me what's new. Okay. They swapped that one element, but it was still like, oh, we're cutting between a ground battle and X-Wings. Like, And, I mean, come on, how many times are we going to have, like, the space, you know, somebody turning up in the moment of need, like, the, you know, the X-Wing turning up. Exactly the same as, like, the Millennium uh, Falcon. Exactly there's the nothing, ex- nothing wrong with that. Can I ask, prior to recording, so you were like, how could you not feel anything during that last bit on the beach? And I'm like, because the characters didn't make me they feel anything. They weren't characters. No, they were so, not characters, okay. Tom. I bought into Felicity Jones' character. Because uh, she rebels? Is that why? <laughs> 
You can't throw that in my face because it wasn't in the fucking film. Probably would have helped if it was in the film. Can I say that? that it is. Can I say, I, I thought her character was good. I what liked her. Yeah, but like, can you describe her personality to me, Tom? Don't use fuck you. Don't use her you name, Jen either. Just call her Felicity Jones. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't the like, character. You know, that's the thing. We walked out of we walked out of um, and fuck, we, we are going to do a Rogue One episode, so we will get into some more depth. We should probably move on. You but... literally just stood there and yelled at me for fun. No, I'm so, I know, I'm sorry. I'm I'm. <laughs> I, I, it was I, I warranted. This is why I was trying to steer away from bringing up Rogue One because I knew this would happen. We couldn't. But... But we had to. We had to address it in order to we move. We did have on. to address yeah. it. Yeah, no, you're right. But I like, liked it. You hated it. The thing that okay, the thing that sold me over the line. Felicity Jones, I, I, I engaged with her But you're calling character. her Felicity Jones. When we walked out of Force oh, Awakens, right. everyone was saying, Ray, Finn, Poe. When we walked out of this film, Do you know we're why? like, Diego you know Luna, why? Mads Mikkelsen, Felicity Jones. Because they're not she's a well-known characters. Actress, because she's a known actress, whereas I don't know Daisy Ridley yeah, at all. Yeah, but I knew no. who Ray was at the end of the film. I could refer to her as Ray because I knew who the character he's still was. He's still right. He's, he's still Okay, there. he's, he's all right. I, I will give you that because I don't know the names of the two Asian guys. Yeah, the two, the two. There was Jedi, the one who liked the Force. Jedi, Jedi. And the I'm, one who I'm with the Force, and the Force is with me. So this is the thing, though. The character that I bonded with the most wasn't any of the people. It was the droid. It was the droid. The main three PO was exists. my favorite character. He literally exists to get laughs. Yep. Yeah, he does. I'm okay with that. Ah. Because when he died, I was like, I'm on, I'm on your side, man. You're an asshole the whole way through, and then you warmed up a bit because she gave you a gun. Now nah, you got to the bit at the end, and uh, you know about five or six of them died, all in sort of. <laughs> One hit. Mendelssohn. Like, Mendelssohn ticked a box for me. Ozzy Mendelssohn. He had nothing. Come like, on, like, mate. He was a shit villain. He was a rubbish. shit fucking villain. He watched villain. the Planet Explorer. Yeah, I'm sorry, but like... Don't, Tom, he watched the Planet Explorer and went, oh, it's beautiful. And I'm like, oh, good. Good villain plot. Well done, Star Wars. Well done. Fuck off. Try harder, please. And also on top of that, I'm sorry, but like, you take you take two of the greatest working actors today, Ben Mendelsohn and Mads Mikkelsen, both of whom have given probably the two best film performances I've ever seen in Animal Kingdom and uh, The Hunt, yes. respectively. You take these And two the best incredible... TV performances in Bloodlines and Right? Mm-hmm. And you take these two incredible actors and you put... Put them in scenes together, well, really one scene together, yeah. and you don't let them, I don't know, be the best actors of their generation. You give like, them holy nothing shit, Star Wars. To do. You, like, you have an opportunity here to create a modern classic, and you're too wimpy about, like, you know, going anywhere outside the realms of convention. Very safe film. Actually, they don't know, try to actually do anything. You know how you make classics? You take risks. That's how Star Wars became a classic in the I, first place. I would the argue, reason, yeah. The reason the first two are so successful and so well-loved is because with New Hope, we hadn't seen a film like that. I mean, uh, we, I say we, yep. but we weren't yep. alive in the 70s, but you know what I mean. With New Hope, a film like that hadn't been seen before or not that good. Yep. And also with Empire Strikes Back, a sequel had not gone dark in that way before. The bad guys win. Yeah. Exactly. Can I put this like, to you, Tom? They yeah. took risks. Outside of... Uh, Vader, outside of a Vader massacre, at the which end. was fucking yeah. awesome, by which the way, which was awesome. What scene? Ten years from now, are people going to be fucking talking about when they talk about Rogue One? We so, still talk about the Dark Knight. We still talk about the Joker. What are you going to be talking about? So for me, and and this is a, a total bias too. I have a very, I have a soft spot for Diego Luna in anything. So I bought into him immediately, despite the fact that. You oh, like guys when he shot it. that guy in the back. Hang on, hang on. Did you buy into him then? Did you I not? Did you that. not? Did you okay. not just say with it? <laughs> did you? Did you not just say? I really didn't. Do you know yeah. what? I will say. Do you know what they should have done? They should have made him have a shot at Mads and miss. No, they should have made him have a shot at Mads and hit him. Um, and then, they and should then, have had. I mean, they sh- like his moment where he decides not to do anything just happens by himself. It needs to happen around at least her. No, you have him. You don't reveal that Mads built the thing into the Death Star. You just have her be like, "No, no, I believe my father's. I believe my father's a good man." He's yeah, like, "No, he's not. I don't buy it." Then he kills Mads, and then he finds out after he's killed him. Oh fuck! He built that into the Death Star. She was right. Do you know what that film's fuck. lacking? Do you know? Like, okay, it's, can, it's I, can I? Can I just lacking. say? Can I just? You, yeah. You asked me. 
what did I like yeah, about go, it? Go and I've it. tried twice yeah, now, and I just it, got mate. yelled at. So I, I'm admitting that it is not perfect. I'm admitting that I have personal bias about some of the actors who are playing characters. Yeah. What do you got? You got That's something good? I'm like, really honestly, scared. I'm cool, man. You go for it. I'm so scared. I'm calm. It's good. You're not, though. So the Tarkin thing threw me. But I thought that the layer stuff was better than Tarkin. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I, I think. I think he needed to remove Darth Vader in a test tube. Like the fact that he's possibly still living on Mustafar. Though. It is. It was confirmed. That's that was cool. That is cool. That was really cool. Also, I, I I kind of enjoyed the fact that the Death Star was this guy's pet project, and that the Empire weren't 100 on board. I I enjoyed that he had to convince them that this was the weapon of the future, and that he didn't. That he lost because he didn't get to see it. Well, he basically was killed by its success. Um, and I, I like the f- that in theory. I like it in theory, but develop it more. Yeah, yeah no, no, sure, sure. Absolutely. Whatever you like. Uh, like the droid relationship. I like things that are good. Did like Felicity Jones. <laughs> it also gave me the greatest combination of words in the history of film, and I've been on record on Twitter of saying this, which is <laughs> contact the Hammerhead Corvette. Yeah. There is a fucking spaceship in Rogue One called the Hammerhead Corvette, piloted by fish people. Hey, that's cool. Does that really like yeah, add that, to the story? And um, also, I enjoyed I enjoyed no. the final battle sequence on the beach. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know you guys didn't, but I did. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. One reason I thought I thought I thought they would let in the I thought they'd let one. That's exactly it. I thought they'd let one person survive. So I like the fact that n- none of them did. Look, killing all the characters would have been really brave if the characters were characters. Yeah. I cared about them. I cared about them. Imagine, okay, imagine a world where we had characters. Because, I mean, one thing, like, and honestly, Rogue One made me appreciate Force Awakens so much more. Yeah, same. Because I walked yeah. out of Force Awakens and I was like, as much as I had issues with it, and I did, I walked out being like, these are characters I want to see the continuing yep. adventures of. I like these characters. That's I fair. like Ray, Finn, and Poe. Yep. And with Force Awakens, with Rogue One, I was like, I don't know who these characters are. Now, imagine a film where you made me care on the same level you did with Ray, Finn, and Poe Dameron. You created three immediately iconic characters the same way The Force Awakens did and then killed them all at the end. Would have been amazing. That would have been incredible. Yeah, no, look, fair, fair. That would have have absolutely floored me. I would have been like, fucking hell, Star Wars. I take back everything I've ever said about Disney Marvel-fying you. You are fucking killing it. Yep. And they, they had such an opportunity and they didn't take it. I feel like we should move on from Rogue One. Yep. We should. I liked um, it. You hated it. I win. Did you um, like Forrest Whitaker, Tom? No, I didn't. <laughs> Good. Save the rebellion. Yeah, and mine wasn't even in the film. Get him get him out of there. Are you here to kill me? Every everything else is everything else besides him was great. I liked the pilot. Uh his character's fucking excellent. What was he though? What character? What is this for better? you, Galen? Oh, for Galen. What was the relationship? Yeah. Like, are we not are we not moving on? I thought we were moving on. Uh, oh, you're the one who brought that up, mate. No. Okay. Um so disappointment. Yeah, maybe Rogue One was more of a disappointment than I thought it was. Um <laughs> Surprises. Surprises was what we were on. Oh, we, we talked about Fantastic Beasts being a surprise. Um, the other big surprise for me, which was actually a surprise because I wasn't expecting anything. I didn't know anything about it, and I didn't think it was going to be what it was, Zootopia, okay. which I will on record say was my favourite film of 2016 because Zootopia looks like a fun Disney film about animals being humans, but it was such a beautifully told. It's, it's a reminder that Disney, when they're on their day, still tell the best stories in cinema. Yeah, I agree. I still haven't seen Zootopia, but it's I'll, beautiful. I'll, I've heard amazing it's a, things. It's so a really, really it. good film. Um, we're, we're talking about it before where it's it's the best kids' film of the year probably. Um, I haven't seen Kubo. I haven't seen Kubo either. Um, yeah, I've heard that's quite good, but I think Zootopia. It's better than Finding Dory. I will, yeah, Finding Dory was It's certainly great. better than uh, that little one called Pete's Dragon. 
Um, You're literally doing that so when Goose listens to this, he gets upset with you. And I've said that before. <laughs> but no, so no, for me, Zootopia it, it, was my no, biggest surprise. That, and Pete's Dragon underwhelmed me, Tom. It underwhelmed me. My biggest surprise of the year was probably... Um, besides actually, Fantastic besides, Beasts. Besides Fantastic Beasts, um, was probably actually Bates Motel Season 4. Okay. I know we spoke about this in the Psycho episode, but because it was a show that had previously been mediocre to outright bad, yep. and suddenly it just came out with an absolutely classic fourth season. Yep. Like that far in its run. That's yep. pretty rare. And suddenly I was watching it being like, this is this is the brilliant subversion of the Psycho franchise that I didn't, that I, I hoped for, but you didn't do initially. And I, it really, really absolutely blew me away. And by the end of it, I was like, holy fuck, that is, that is a brilliant take on the Psycho mythos that completely recontextualizes what we thought we understood about the films. Yep. Um, so that was another big surprise for me. Was we, we almost got through a whole, was Daredevil this year? Uh, season two was, yeah. That surprised me by how kind of a bit shit it was. Would the first, the first half, the first half was fantastic. Yeah. See, Daredevil. The, the the biggest problem with Daredevil is the second half of the season gets into the mystical shit that was the weakest part of season one. Yeah. The best part of Daredevil is any episode with the Punisher in it, including the one where he kills all those people in prison, which is amazing. Yeah, and also his graveyard. The graveyard scene, monologue was incredible. Just the best moment. I mean, on the season. one hand, there was the graveyard monologue. On the other hand, there was everything that happened in the second half of the season. Yeah. Uh, can I talk about TV in terms of disappointments? Or we got? Um, I was going to, yeah, I was going to move on to that. I'm just uh, just crossing off so I That's don't right. get back to things. Right. Um, oh well, actually, well, while we're still on the uh, disappointments the and surprises, surprises. Um, what was the least surprising thing this year? Like something that just completely Suicide Squad, BVS for me. No, I, I went into Suicide Squad going. So basically, I, I I saw the cast, I saw the concept, and I was like. I'm interested. The first trailer though was good. First trailer got me on board, and then, then the more I, since the more like, I thought no. about it, I was like, they've shown too much in the trailer. The characters already feel like they're one note jokes, and I went in going, if it's anything like Batman versus Superman, it's going to be fucking hideous. And I went in and I sat there and I went, this is everything I thought it would be. And I, I was angry, but then I, no, see the thing, I wasn't even angry about Suicide Squad because I was like, yeah, you know what, this was going to be shit from the outset because you casted. Cast it. You cast Jared Leto. Look, I and you bragged about his method. As soon as, as soon as your marketing strategy is built around how the fact someone's gone method, the movie is going to be yeah, fucking. Absolutely. Also, horrific. a character that doesn't have like he doesn't really serve the plot of the film. Yeah, not he does at not all. need to be in um, the film. Look, especially I mean, I and you watch the marketing for it and you go, oh, he's like the main fucking. Suicide character. Squad wasn't. Because Suicide Squad wasn't exactly what I expected. Like, Suicide Squad, honestly, I'm probably jumping the gun here before we get into the least, absolute least favorite film of the year. But Suicide Squad was my absolute least favorite film of the year. Because, honestly, even, like, Rogue One, Rogue One was one of those weird situations where I was sitting in the cinema being like, you know what, like, I I didn't think it was going to be amazing. But I sat there and I was like, it's Star Wars, I'm probably still going to enjoy myself, right? And as it went on, I was like, it's kind of boring, I don't really care, and I sort of got more and more frustrated as the film went on. Were you entertained by the third act at least? Yeah, I was, absolutely. Yeah, the the ending did. Like, the ending was very well made in a way that I was like, holy shit, this is, like, so much... This I would care so much more if the rest of the film would earn this. But anyway, BVS was the least biggest surprise because I looked at it and I was like, I know exactly what that film was going to be like, and it was exactly what I thought it would be. The other one, I would say, would be Doctor Strange. I was like, that's going to be a bland Marvel film, and it was exactly a bland yeah, see, Marvel I, film. I, I, I must have just been drunk when I thought about seeing it, because I, I had high hopes for Strange. See, I, thought, I didn't at all. But, yeah, I mean, you I guys, and, and you guys see, The reason I did was so. because Guardians of the Galaxy hit good notes, and also after the disappointment of BVS and Suicide Squad, Civil War just looks so much better. It did. And I yeah. think I went into Doctor Strange being like, they're going to nail this because Civil War was great. But then I realised, no, the best Marvel films are Usually the ones that have either Iron Man or, or Captain America in them. Mm. Like, no, I think I actually think or Civil Guardians, you know. Well, 
That's why either or. But Civil yeah, War not. would almost fall into the surprise category because honestly, after last year, I was with, superhero fatigued. I was superhero fatigued, and I watched it. I was like, oh, that was, was pretty good. I was yeah. surprised by like how exhilarated Civil War made me, yeah. and I was like, holy, sh-, like that's that's actually the biggest surprise of the year. And even what they did with the antagonist as well, yeah, which yeah, was, was different. Like, well and I was thinking, being like, in 2016, I'm excited for a new Spider-Man film. Oh yeah, I am how, too. How I, did yeah, that happen? Yeah, isn't it awful? Entirely attributed to Civil War. On, on a positive note, so we've done we've done a negative of what film met your expectations that were low. Mine was Suicide or BBS, whatever. On a film that met my expectations because I went in going, I reckon this is going to be fantastic, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yes. I went in going, yes. this is going to be a fucking awesome, Taika Waititi, and fucking hilariously brilliant film, and it was it was everything I wanted it to be, plus so much more as well. Yes. It's, it's, it's in, my favourite film of the year. It, it's one of my favourite films it's of the year. hands down. It's in my, my top five. I mean, my top... My, my top my five top of the year are probably fuck. We're, we're jumping the gun. Uh, let's 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 fuck, get back let's to that later. Let's yeah, get, okay. Um, keep yeah, moving on. We'll move on. Um, okay. So least biggest surprise, yeah, BBS for me. Um, but that sort of dovetails into my absolute least favorite film of the year, which was Suicide Squad, because that was a film when I walked into it and I sat down and I was honestly I. I wrote a big lengthy blog post, but I was like, I'm not going to watch it. This is why I'm sick of DC saying, fuck you to fans. We're going to come and pay for it. Fuck this. Like they don't care about filmmaking. This film's apparently shit. I'm not going to see it. I held out for ages. And then I was kind of forced to watch it by someone yep. who was like, I'm paying for your ticket. We're turning up the, I turned up at the cinema by surprise and was like, Oh, by the way, I paid for suicide squad. And I was like, fuck. And I, but I, anyway, I went and I watched it. Yep. And as it went on, I just felt myself sinking deeper and deeper into my... The reason I say it was a film that met my expectations, not the film that met my expectations exactly, is because honestly, I was like, it's going to be bad, but I had no idea how bad. Can like, I say, when just- you said I'm sinking deeper and deeper into my chair, I can actually imagine the position you're in where your fist is like in your mouth. That was exactly... Your knees are up to your chin and you're just sinking lower and lower as your eyebrows descend close to your eyes. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and, and also, like, it got the point about halfway through... I just started being like, I just started actually out loud being like, really? Like, really? <laughs> what the fuck? I've, why, I've... Are you, why is this? What is happening? Who greenlit this shit? And then I was like, half a few, I started just thinking of maintenances. And I was like. Was it when Cara Delevingne started dancing? Oh, fuck. That was so shit. That was so thoroughly shit. That <laughs> film. Why was she was... the bad guy? I, I don't, don't know. No, they don't... don't know. They wrote it and they don't know. Do you know what I. I... Again, when your marketing strategy is based upon the fact that Jared Leto went did method acting and sent people used condoms and anal beads, which and is we fucked. all got which what? is fucked. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say on record on this podcast, Jared Leto, that it's is disgusting. not something you do as a human being. You're a fucking asshole. Yeah, no, it's... he's a disgusting man. On a film, my least favorite film of the year was probably BVS. Yep. Um, and the reason I say that is because I went in with slightly higher hopes than you did. Yes. Uh, and it just it it upset me because they could have first of all it's not a Superman film at all. No, um, they they fuck up so many things that I just so so the reason it's the worst film for me is I, I was on a flight back from uh, the UK recently and I had about four hours to go on the flight and I was like right I just need I just need a long film that I can kind of that I've seen before that I don't really care about. BBS is on the on the plane. Great. There's there's like three hours that I could kill. I don't have to be invested. I'm really tired, but it would just get me through the last little bit of the flight and I can like read my book later or something like that. Yep. I got 20 minutes in and I couldn't rewatch it. I was like, I, I can't go through this again. And I and I thought it was better than Suicide Squad, but upon trying to rewatch it, it's just not. Because Ben Affleck is a good Batman and he should be used so much better. That they, they just fuck so many things up about so many What's... characters in that film that I just I'm like 
what are you doing? Pick a movie. Don't pick. That was the thing that annoyed me the most is that BVS is worse than Suicide Squad is because they're so fixated on making a franchise they forgot to make a fucking film. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you completely. But I, but that's I'm it. angry. I don't get angry. I actually think it's your job. I'm the nice drinking beer out of a fucking rape mug. <laughs> <laughs> um. Out of context, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody knows the context for that. But um, anyway, here we are. I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like BVS and Suicide Squad were bad for different reasons because BVS just kind of felt like Zack Snyder indulging everything. Like, I will say this. Here's Batman beating up a fucking tire. Here's this. And Suicide Squad was the opposite. It was like BV, uh, it was DC being like studio interference, studio interference, studio interference. We're not letting the director make the film they want to make. Look, guys, I know I often get drunk and tweet my friend Zack Snyder. It I will say happened. this. I will pay him a compliment. He he really is the best music video director in Hollywood. No, he, he truly is. Yeah. He really is. He, that's true. That's true. Um, Can I say there, there are elements of Sucker Punch that I could go back and enjoy. There are no elements of BBS that I could go back and enjoy. No, it's a dreary slog. But Jeremy Irons. But that, that's that's the movie I hated the most. And the Jeremy Irons and Batflex stuff is good. And that's why I hate it is because that stuff's good and the rest of the movie is just shit. Is so, this is probably how you feel about Rogue One is how I feel about BBS. I don't, but the thing is, I look, I'm, the problem with Rogue One is that I'm angry at it not because it was a terrible film. I'm angry at it because it was a it mediocre film that could have been fantastic. True, true. Which in some ways is more offensive. Yeah, Tom. Like I, I watch Rogue One. I sit there for two hours and I go, I'm, I'm. I'll be back on Rogue One again. I'm, I'm, I'm mildly, mildly, doing this. I'm mildly so entertained. It's it should have been better. In our heads, it's new. Yeah, BVS yeah. is like, oh, you can't sit through it. Well, see, that's the thing about. So when you talk about people talking out loud, so I've got a mate Dave who I go see movies with sometimes, and he's. Fucking great to see films with because if you're watching a trailer for a movie before the film started and the trailer looks bad, he'll just audibly, like quite loudly, while the whole room is kind of like going, oh, that was really funny that Seth Rogen said that funny thing, he will actually just go, no. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Stop. Oh, please. Batman vs Superman. Going for literally two minutes. What's the segments where Bruce is lifted up by the bats? Oh, yeah, so that yeah, happened, yeah. and he just quite audibly went, fuck off. And again, this was a midnight screening where at the end of the film it was silent. Yeah. What, that, that's well, yeah, your that's, audience. That's what happened with That's mine. your audience. So I saw Your the, midnight screening is your audience. I saw yeah. the preview screening, which was like literally just all comic book fans. Yep. And you get to the end of the film, and normally when you see a comic book movie like early, there's applause and everyone's into it, and it was just dead silence. I saw Age of Ultron in a preview screening with a bunch of comic book people dressed in costumes, yeah. and I enjoyed the shit out of it because the audience made me enjoy it. People yep. clapped, laughed, cheered. I rewatched it recently, and I went, this film's a mess. But I enjoyed it the first time because of the audience. Not even BVS's core audience enjoyed it. No, no, that's exactly. <laughs> See, it. I enjoyed that's... the first Avengers, uh, the first Avengers film more because I watched it in front, of, like with a packed house, and everyone was so into it. When I've since, like, when I've watched it since, it's still good, but it's not the same. Like when yeah. you watch it with a crowd that's right into it, yeah, no one was into BVS. Well, so like, nobody. Is, is what is what's your film that was the, your least yeah, favorite film of twenty sixteen? My least favorite. It was on your hated the most. Ah, uh, it's probably BVS. To be honest, uh, or Suicide Squad, or uh, I really hated X Men Apocalypse. Well, there you go, chuck that in there, man. Uh, yeah, Apocalypse, man. Um, so another category: things most likely to turn Carney into a battle axe. <laughs> <sighs> things most like from this year. From this year. Well, the I've obvious, got Dumbledore. I've, I've got one Dumbledore, but the, the biggest one for me uh, will be <laughs> when he goes to see. Logan and it's not old man Logan the I'll comic. tell you what I'll tell you what right now <laughs> there we go because <laughs> no 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 because 
I fucking love Wolverine and I love the comic Old Man Logan and they're not going to do that because they don't have the rights to the characters and all of that. But I watched that trailer and it's like they made it for me because they know I love Johnny Cash and they put Hurt on there and I've watched it 600 times. And there's a bit of a distant father thing. There's a bit of a distant father thing going on and it just looks beautiful and I fucking love it and I know it's going to let me down. And I'm gonna. It, it can't get, be as good as that trailer. Gonna get that trailer drunk, is and I'm going to tweet Hugh Jackman. Can I say, it'll be better than the last two, I think. I hope It would so. have to be. I mean, although, I mean, look, they, they're, they're making all the right noises. Origins like, was complete garbage and then like, what was the second one called? Was just called Wolverine. The Wolverine was just forget- the Wolverine. The Wolverine, Wolverine was just, just kind of like. Ugh. That said, James Mangold's saying a lot of. He's making a lot of like the right noises where he's saying, if this is a film where you're expecting a huge CGI smackdown in the third act, it's not going to happen. I like that. So, good. good. You know, good, that's good. that's uh, that's a good start. It I, seems, I feel like the so, Wolverine Tom, you've read the does comic, have yeah? studio, yeah, I've read the comic. I'm it's, assuming it's one of my I'm favorites. Assu- I'm assuming Xavier is taking on like the Hawkeye. That's what I, I would assume too, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know cool. who's going to play the Hulk character. Yeah, literally, like they don't really have access to any of the characters in that story. Well, the, what they'll do is they'll pick just an X-Men character. Yeah, they they'll can just use. be weird, generic, shitty X-Men characters and hopefully it's good. I Is the other one that... Um, Another probably battle axe talking point I could get you off on is probably talking about the the super huge fan support. Oh no no no! Do you know what it is? It's people who like don't like Hacksaw Ridge. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, they can get fucked. Yeah, no, like honestly, can. I'm doing really no, well like, at this game. Yeah. What if you like? Okay, you watch that film and you don't like it. All right. Sometimes I want to fight people. But people, uh, you know, they can have their own opinions. It's fine. People don't like Hacksaw Ridge. That's fine. It's fine. I go with it. He is but so it's okay angry because, like, people people are allowed people are allowed different opinions. And like, yeah. for example, um, even if they're dumb people, ones, you know, some people are pro Nazis. Some people are just not you. Kind of, you're in a you're in a bubble of your own. But like, you know, that's all right. That's their opinion. They're allowed to have it. It doesn't mean I have to agree with it or like that opinion. No, correct. And because they have that opinion, doesn't mean I have to agree with or like them. I and love that's kind of how Ridge. I feel about people who don't like Hacksaw Ridge. All right, and I reckon I'm going to go a third, a third talking right. point. It's not necessarily related to a film that came out this year, but it's it's probably the fact that Billy Zane retweets everybody else but you. That's fucking annoying. Um, <laughs> and frankly, fr- guys, frankly, it's disrespectful because phew, I put a lot of time into that Phantom 2 pitch and uh, just trying to save his career, and he doesn't fucking comment. And then you see this guy recently go like, oh, Billy, I love the Phantom. It's so good. And he comments on that and retweets it. It's a bit disappointing. I think it's – I actually just think, Carney, it's because – and I think, I've said this a couple of times. I think he thinks with, that we're having a go at him. Yes, the same yeah. as when you tweet, tweet Rusty. I think because you're you, so you, earnest. You I'm tweeted Rusty sincere. about Les Mis, which everyone said was shit. Exactly. You went, I really liked it, you in Les Mis. He's got his phone out, seeing that and going, oh, this is another cunt making fun of I me. I want to go on record and say I really like his performance in Les Mis. I know Les you Mis. do, Carney, and no one he's else the does. hero of the film. Do you know what? So you defending Crow in Les Mis to Gabe and I is yep. me defending Rogue One to you. So you're not nah, it's win. completely wrong. No, 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 no. No. Because I'm talking about an actor in a film, in a film that largely I don't really like but I like his character in it. And you're talking about a shitty, mediocre Star Wars film in which there is not a single fucking character that I get behind and invest in. So when they all die at the end, Tom, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Yeah, that's, um, I've that's, hit four. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Um, don't talk about Preacher. Well, that was, that was going to be my You can talk about, oh, I can't wait for Preacher 2 next year. Well, I was going to say, no. we, got, we got a great TV show this year in the form of Preacher, Sean. Fuck off. What did you think of Preacher? I hate it. You know I hate it. Okay, sort of veering veering into, oh, yeah, well, actually TV. What was our favourite TV? Love Stranger Things. Stra- I think Stranger Things. Loved it. Because you know what the best thing about Stranger Things was? Mm. Didn't know anything going in. Yeah, I didn't know anything. Yep. I just got a few people. A few people um, messaged me and just said you would really like the show, and I was like, eh. see, "When I hear that, I go oh, fuck off." And I watched it, and fuck, it's good. It's better call Saul for me. 
Like still that's seen it. Oh, yeah. it's yep. exceptional. The second okay. season of Better Call Saul was absolutely yep. fucking exceptional. Right. And the, I mean, it's it's genius because it's like, all right, let's take the funniest character from Breaking Bad, and oh, you want a spin off about him being a lawyer? Have a spin off about him being a lawyer. Yep. Let's set it ten years earlier, where all he wants is to go straight, yep. and all he wants is not to backslide into being that con man. So it's heartbreaking. You know he's going to end up being Saul Goodman. And all you want, because at the start of it, all you want is Saul Goodman. And at first, people didn't know how to take it because they were like, this character isn't Saul Goodman. And then you realize you become invested in Jimmy McGill as Jimmy McGill. And you know that at some point- He'll become Saul Goodman. And the beauty of it is that like the whole thing is about him just trying- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. ...to be a good guy and nobody believes him. And the tragedy of the show is that you know the whole time... It's all of this lack of belief from all the people around him who he's trying to impress that will drive him to become Saul Goodman. It turns the comic relief of the previous show into the tragic hero of the spin-off show. It is genius, and that is how you make a prequel work. Is it your favorite show of the year? I think so. So yeah. if I, if I, In terms so of if, quality. If I don't yeah. go Stranger Things, I really enjoyed the third season of BoJack Horseman. I know not everybody did. I really enjoyed Preacher, and I know I'm not going to look at you when I say that. Um, but Bojack had my favourite TV episode of the year. So the underwater, underwater one? Episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, I, if I picked a show that I really, really just enjoyed getting into, again, it's probably when I rewatched House. No, but in terms of a, show, a good show was, did anyone watch Rosehaven, which was on ABC? No. Luke McGregor. I love a good offbeat Aussie comedy. Ticked all of the boxes for me. It's just quaint and funny and good. Is that the Tasmanian one? Yes, he's yeah, a real estate agent. He's just fucking I'll Luke McGregor. Every, all the days, for, I got all the time for him. I might tweet him, and he might tweet me back. Unlike you, and you. Do you know what though? Mm. I think you deliberately pick actors who won't tweet you back, so you can have more distant father figures in you your life. What? <laughs> That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, no, I want to. I want to be tweeted back. It's like when I tweeted Ted Danson, and he fucking tweeted me back. Um, Unbelievable. Did you tweet Ted Danson? Yeah, I tweeted him about Loch Ness actually. Because I tweeted the writer of Loch Ness about Loch Ness, and he didn't get back to us about how we want to do a musical about Loch Ness. Asked about the rights for the musical. It's, and disappointing. And it's disappointing when you tweet people and I don't tweet you back. I know it's, uh, it's rude. It's really. a bit frustrating. Yeah, so so I think either Stranger Things, yeah. Rose Haven, Stranger Things is or just Westworld. So I enjoyed Westworld it. Oh, Westworld, Westworld I forgot about yeah. it. Yeah, I've only watched four episodes. I need of to catch Westworld. Yeah, I need to catch up. What are you up. doing? I need to catch I, up. I've said that. What are you doing, Sean? I haven't watched the last one. Um, <laughs> but I've watched more than you, so. Yeah, you haven't seen the last one? No. Oh, shit, man. Get on that. It's really yeah, good. I, need yeah to, I, I need to catch it's up. It's really, really yeah. good. Game of, okay. Game of Thrones happened this year? Yeah, I guess it happened. Uh, it was you, a good so season. Good season. Good, no, no, it was a good last two episodes. Yeah, it. I don't know. Game of Thrones, it was like. Game of Thrones upsets Gabe's because it's no longer like the books. Is next season the yes last, or is no. they doing? Are they doing like, two more? Just yes, two more. Like, two more, yeah. because again, I'm I'm really not somebody who's like it's gotta be, it's gotta be. The oh, same I was as just the being books. a facetious asshole. But it, no, no, no. But like, it, it's just kind of like it lost what made the books and the early seasons, both of them, special, which was complexity. And it was just like good guys win and bad guys lose, and does it matter if it makes sense? Not because people will love it anyway. 
Yeah, it's true. just like yeah, like what like it, it just felt hollow. It was just a series of hollow victories that didn't feel earned yeah. or didn't feel like everything every like good moment in Game of Thrones previously and every like moment of victory in the books feels like it's been earned through blood, sweat, and tears. And it's like, nah, Daenerys just easily kills all the calves. Nah, they just this and this and this and this. And it was just like everything just got resolved I, so it's I, I feel more like and it's, more miserable to watch, to be honest. I feel like this season this season was like You've gone through some hard times, Game of Thrones fans. Here's some wins for a change. But the wins weren't earned, and that was the problem. All right. I I'll, 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 might give you that. Actually, do you know what I've just remembered came out this year, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it to the top of my list? The latest season of Orange is the New Black oh, fuck, that was, was some good. of the most amazing, fuck, that was heartbreakingly good. powerful television I've ever watched and completely made up for the really soft core season three. Season three was rubbish. Three. But season four of Orange and the New Black. So that season four, Orange and the New Black, my favourite show of the year. Oh, haven't seen it. Yeah, um, I cried. I'm still going with Better Call Saul. Yeah, that's because right. Better that's Call right. Saul. Better Call Saul was one that like I because because I, I base it. I base my my top picks on did I cry watching it? And no, the fair answer enough. Is, is I, I think did. I think Better Call Saul was just one where I was, and it's 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 rare that this happens nowadays. But it was just one of those shows where I probably haven't felt since since Mad Men really where I was watching it and I was like, there is just well, I mean, like Hannibal. Hannibal was different because Hannibal was just like sheer adoration all the way through. But Better Call Saul was just so. Did you like Hannibal, Gabe? I, oh, I was all right. But you um, know, you're going to love that Hannibal mug I bought you. Fuck you, Tom. Fuck. Did me. you get your free Hannibal thing yet from Brian Fuller? No, I don't. Think of that till April. Huh. Um, but uh, he won a competition. That's really cool. Does he still follow you? Just, yeah, he does. Oh, do you check cool. that every day? Go, who's he still I following? I actually me? do. <laughs> because I, but, I, but there's days I don't because I'm scared he's unfollowed me. Yeah. But then I checked, and also because he he really liked Rogue One, and he can see my tweets now, so I'm really scared that mm. he can see all my anti Rogue One tweets, and he might. What's that? Brian Fuller and I have the same opinion about a film. We're basically the same person, Gabe. Mm. I don't care, Tom. I don't need your approval. I just need his. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is that is how you live your life. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just, but um, but yeah, no. Better Call Saul, like that. Yeah, Orange New Black was really good. But Better Call Saul, I think, I think part of it though, to be fair, was because I was reviewing it and I was getting screeners for Den of Geek, so I watched every episode twice. Sure. So I watched it once to enjoy it, and a second time to take notes and everything. And, and review like, it, and yeah. And normally, you know, people and people always make that dumb comment. Where they're like, "Oh, you know, does reviewing shows mean that you enjoy them less?" And I'm like. No, because if the show's doing its job, it means I enjoy it more. Correct. It means I can dig into all the clever you, stuff they're doing you and can't you watch so shit as easily anymore. No, that's mm. true. But when the stuff is firing on all cylinders in the way Better Call Saul was, yep. I can prom- I'm telling you this right now. I've never had a more satisfying TV watching experience than watching every Better Call Saul episode twice yep. and like analyzing the second take and being like, they they do their work so well. But it's like if you like, went back and did that with Breaking Bad, because it's it's from the same cloth, the same group yeah, of people. Yeah. Breaking Bad is one of the most well-structured, well-written TV shows oh, in the history of television. So it makes sense that Saul follows that. Yeah, but I, I actually think that Saul is, I'm not going to say better, because I think it's too early in its run. Yep. And they're also very different shows. Yeah. But I think Saul is more, it's like if Breaking Bad got a dose of Mad Men. Like it doesn't have the same thrills as Breaking Bad. See, I hate got, Mad Men. See, so... I love Mad Men, but Better Call Saul's—it's more subtle. It's more human, I think, and it's more just—it's more just about like it, it lives in the minute interactions and exchanges between the characters that have so much weight because they've done their work in yeah. creating them so thoroughly that the tiny little things they say or do or moments between them just pack an enormous punch. Yep. And I just think it was absolutely masterful. But Orange New Black, definitely on my list. Hey, just on TV, and this hurts me to say, but something that like, disappointed me was Banshee. Season four, yeah. Yeah, I finished it. You finished, you finished it? it. Hey. And I was like, okay. 
Like the last episode. The finale was good. Mm. Brilliant. I like the yeah. last episode a lot. So the, the, the seven episodes that come before that. No, Ooh, so boy. so the, the first. I forgot that that actually would be one of my biggest disappointments of the year. Can imagine? I say the yeah. first the yeah. first few episodes are good? I like the setup. I just think you can tell potentially that they got they got cut off before they wanted to be cut off. No, but no, they did the opposite. Apparently, really? like I actually think they had. I actually think they had. Too, they didn't have enough story. Yeah, because like Jonathan, because like they were doing really well, and Jonathan Tropper, like, cause like when I. When I uh, when I interviewed Jonathan Chopper, um, no, sorry, that, that that was organic. I did actually ask him. I sort of asked, like, you know, was was the season compromised? And he was like, well, no, actually, it was because when we, in the writers' room and it was like, oh, we don't. They were like, we yeah. don't have enough story for two more seasons. Because and they were like, we want to do. They're like the flagship program of cinema. Yeah, like exactly. Like yeah. they could have had another few seasons. Ah, uh, the wanted. Nick is the other one. Yes, the yeah, but they were like the first one, and they're like sort of Banshee the kind of one, I think, puts Cinemax on the map. Uh, can can I say basically like they didn't? I, I and I said this to you at the time. I think we spoke about yeah. this in the Banshee episode. I think that would have been better if it was just like a two-part miniseries to wrap it all up yep. because the serial killer plot was so bloated was and garbage. so just and nothing happens no. from episode to episode. Can, can I say there were there were some elements that were quite nice. I like the idea that they do a time jump. I think that yeah, was I really that was really, really that was interesting. Cool, but then they didn't do anything with it. I liked yeah. seeing Brock finally become sheriff, but not on the terms that he wanted to be sheriff. I yeah. was like, really that's like good. Brock. Brock Lesnar is the hero that Banshee deserves. Yes. Yes. Because Hood isn't. <laughs> nah, but... He I, is and he also isn't. I like how much of a fuck-up Hood is. I like so he's allowed Hood's, to not Hood's, be a Superman. Hood's Batman and um, Brock Lesnar is Harvey Dent without becoming Two-Face. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So so for and me... Bunker, the stuff with Bunker and his brother, you know... The Bunker brother like, stuff was good. Mm, I just got sick of It was good by Calvin. the end. Yeah, Calvin, I got sick of I didn't see his penis. Yeah. I didn't no. need to see him rape his wife. No. I just didn't need any of that and, and I think I enjoyed watching him die what, what, what I, what I, what I did enjoy what I did enjoy was and I think it was in the interview that you had with John and the Tropper uh, when, when that, that, that um, Hood and um, what's his name Oh my god! I've just got completely Proctor. Blank. Proctor do not have a fight because they've already done it. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite yeah. like that. I yeah, like I the idea too. that they're kind of untrusting allies. Yeah, in this. and there was it's, no it's... reason for them to have like a final showdown. No, it, it was that it was, was perfect. Fine. Yeah, I think the issue you with couldn't Banshee... top the fight that they had in season three. And I think this is the biggest issue with Banshee season four is there was no way they were going to do anything better than anything done no, in season, season three. Season three was just it's, season three big. is one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen. Unquestionably, they kill characters you're not prepared for them to kill. They give you multiple villains. Who win a lot of the time, mm. and then the and so when they finally catch up with Chayton and they kill him. Yes, it was good to see him die, but at no point was I like, "Fuck yeah, you killed Chayton." I was kind of like, "You guys, you guys did a bad thing." Yeah, <laughs> and also, also you've, like you've broken the rules one too many times, and then you've fucking your friend got arrested. You're a piece of shit, Hood. And also, Chayton, Chayton just was like, I mean the. Just at the end, murderous when, velvet. When he turns to Hood and he's like, "Yeah, I know," which is so on point. But when he turns to Hood and he's like, "I underestimated you," but then and he's like, he's just like in his moment of death, he's like, "Not nah, fair enough." But yeah. he's like, "You'll never understand what it means to actually fight for something." And I was like, "Fuck, I love Chayton. because it's true." And that's why Hood yeah. kills him because he's, he's he's absolutely right. Yes, because Hood, the entire time he's been in Banshee and his whole relationship that he had with Siobhan is a lie. Yeah, and she learns the truth, and he never gets to have a relationship with her, knowing the truth. Oh, it's oh, good so for season good. three. Even Proctor has more like moral, not moral, but more of a platform to stand yeah, on. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's I think the and biggest, think the biggest issue with season four is, it, is that was... season three. And look, I enjoyed season four. It wasn't the best season of TV. It wasn't the worst. It didn't annoy it was me. It didn't annoy me like the last season justified. So like the me. last episode though, it was nice. I think. The last episode was yeah. They wrapped it up really well. Yeah. The last episode did a lot to 
forgive. The yes. last episode was the you know what it was? The last episode was the difference between me buying season four on Blu-ray and not buying season four correct, on Blu-ray. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I bought it on Blu-ray and I have yeah, all four I want, on I want the collection. Like um Banshee will still be one of those shows and people are like, hey, have you got a show you can recommend me? I will Banshee. always recommend yeah, because the Banshee. It's not, it doesn't get nearly uh, I, I think well. Banshee has two of the greatest TV villains of all time. Proctor and Proctor. Proctor and Chayden, yeah. yeah. Oh, easily, yeah. easily. Absolutely. Uh, if we had to if we had to make a definitive list of five great TV villains. Proctor and Shayton are somewhere in the top three. Oh, yeah. Hannibal Lecter's in there somewhere yeah. in yeah. that top three. Uh, ben Linus is in the top five, I reckon. Joffrey Baratheon. Joffrey Baratheon. So there, there's your top five yeah. TV villains. Ben Linus, Joffrey That's Baratheon. That's the top five heads. I reckon like, well, doing some more thinking probably, probably could come up with. Uh, probably David Tennant and Jessica Jones. He's pretty good. Because nah, he's, he's know, the best thing about that show. He suffers from being in a garbage show, though. Yeah, well, there is that. Yeah. Um, so you, okay, so um, just just – before we dive into the top top favorites of the year, um, just come back to movie maintenance for a second. Mm. Uh, favorite pitch that wasn't one you did? Avatar two, I think. <laughs> I think um, I have to go with the Phantom two. I thought about I it. I do like me some Phantom, and I was like, you know what? Like, I know that Dracula is the one that everyone jerks off to for you, Carney, mm. but <laughs> Phantom two doesn't get nearly enough. Was that this love. year? Yeah, yeah. If Fuck, this year's been a long it's year. Been a long it feels year like it's been a full year. twelve months. I know, right? Mm. What a time to be alive. I quite like but, the Phantom, yeah. No, I know. Thank I, was, you, I thought that was, like, I, I still think that's probably your best. That was the one that I was, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat for Dracula, but I was really on the edge of my seat for the Phantom. I thought that was just absolutely spectacular. Is it going to be a bit douchey? Because you're saying Phantom 2, you're saying Avatar 2, and I want to say Twilight. <laughs> you don't have to. You can say Twilight. No, 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 no. I, I, I actually believe, yeah, fuck you, Carney. All your pictures were shit. Oh. Uh, Twilight. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I did like Twilight quite a bit. Twilight's yeah, um, a good one. If I if I had to pick one that's like close to Avatar two for me, it would be. Are we calling it Avatar two? It's not really. Is it? It's just being James Cameron's Avatar. It's being James Cameron's um, Avatar. Is the I absolutely title. loved, um, like the whole episode and been in the room and just the recording of it was nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. That was fucking great. <sighs> yeah. See, hashtag Kruger daughter. Yep. Here's one I wasn't in the room for, but in fact. See, I don't know because I with Potter Month, I thought the two best for Potter Month were yours. And I'm not just saying that because you two are in the room. Like, that's just the case. But I thought you two had the best. We paid him good. But yeah. I can't – I don't know which – because, like, I don't know. I think I think Carney's was more well-crafted, but Tom's – You're saying I'm not well-crafted. I just walk into a room and talk <laughs> shit for an hour. That's with, not me at all. Yours was more I – don't, I don't know. Like, yours was – Yours just kind of really swept me up, and I was like, I'm just loving this, like, you know, this this sort of ramshackle story of a mm. bunch of kind of, you know, underdogs. But I, I, I loved, enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really, really loved both of those pitches a tremendous amount. And those ones I wasn't in the room for. Mm. So that was kind of cool, like, getting to listen to those once they were done. And, yeah, those two are definitely up there for me. I liked, I liked, um, I liked Twilight. It was, it's, so when, when I tell people, so this is, so when I tell people to listen to the show, I'm like, I can't give them one of like a full epic dance episode that we do because they need to start small. And the perfect, <laughs> the perfect maintenance episode to introduce people to our show uh, is Twilight because everybody has seen it and everybody knows that there are massive fucking problems with it. And you pitch such a different version in such a, like it's a 45 minute pitch, I think. It's not head. that long. It's quite right. short. The pitch itself is like 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah and you, yeah. you just, you, I, I feel like it just hits all the beat. It's, I feel really bad because we're just sitting in this room jerking one another off. Uh, so I'm just going to chuck out. I really also enjoyed Elisa's Wizarding World pitch that was, because I could see it in my head that one, yeah. unfolding. Yes, that yeah. was a lot of fun. That was um, that, that was, was a good quality dick measuring contest of an. Episode. Yeah, that was that was see that that was I enjoyed that episode because we just got told off for for bragging about our dicks. But look, yeah. though, by and large, like I mean, I don't They're I don't want to. Will. As much as like you know, we've oh look, you know what we've already. <laughs> Actually, King Kong was. Um... <laughs> 
Was, was, did you really like King Kong? Did you only like King Kong because it introduced Damp Slug? Is the eternal question at this point. Uh, I think I think actually, like just by and large, generally speaking, it's been a really good year for pitches. It's been yeah. a really good year for moving maintenance because I feel like, you know, we compared to... I know Zaman, I think, already said this in the Patreon-only show, but compared to where we were at the end of last year, mm. compared to now, I mean, because there was a bit of... There was, I mean, a little bit of a behind-the-scenes glimpse, but, you know, there was a bit of, particularly at the very start of the year, talk about, you know, we just couldn't find enough people to come in. We couldn't find the time to record. Yeah. We couldn't find the time to write pitches. The episodes were kind of really rough and all over the place and well, I, there was talk of there was talk of maybe like just like do we do we like make it bi-weekly do we change the format do we cancel it outright what do we do and then at some point it just shifted and now we're, we've got so much in the bag and we just kind of keep recording stuff and most of what we do is stuff that and also if we do do shit episodes we just don't have to release them because we've got so much there's so many shit episodes by Gabe that you will never get to hear because they're so bad I know right that Pixar film we pitched where it's just about mattresses that have feelings hey so bad hey I was really proud of that one man oh man but it was just a terrible film I mean nothing really mattress what a terrible title written so many like meat cute scenes with Matt's Mickelson well, you know, like, we actually had to get Goose to tie him up one day. They, because he they was actually just, say that they actually say that you know the best the best writing is all about like putting yourself in the story. And <laughs> when it was literally me having a meet cute with Mads, I thought that was just very genuine. I was, I, I was letting you guys have a. They said the eyes are the window to the soul, but that pitch was the window to, to my me. soul, and you threw my soul back in my face, guys. Well, that's what everyone who's ever met you's done. So no, that's look, all right. fair enough. I, I I did enjoy our Potter month. I thought there were some really cool ideas uh, and fun. pitches. I love horror month. As well. Yeah, no, horror month was good. Or Gabe month. Well. <laughs> it was literally Gabe month with one episode by you. Yeah. But that's uh, oh, no, 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 an episode no. by you. Can I also just put out there, Home Alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. Home Alone. Yes. Home Alone. Fuck, that was spectacular. Oh. I did not expect, like, you, you go in a room with Jackson Bailey, you're ready for some raucous times. Oh. You do not expect, you do not expect him to rip your heart out of your chest, seven it a few times, and then... Patch it up better than it was before. Put it back in. And put it back. Yeah. And you just feel a little bit more complete yeah. because of it. I also wouldn't have ever thought of that concept as a film. No, not at all. So thank you, Jackson Bailey, for Thank you, Jackson, that. for that episode. Thank you for coming in just once and making all of our lives that little bit richer. Because <laughs> that was really beautiful. Um, uh, and I guess, yeah, so what were our absolute favourites of the year? Let's go through top fives. So do we start from five and work our way up? I don't think there has to be a particular order. Well, so we know what my top film of the year was. So my, my favourite film of the year was Zootopia, as I've touched on. Uh, and then I think Fantastic Beasts is in my top five for pure enjoyment factor, for the fact that I walked out of that movie for the first time in ages and went, I want to go back in and watch it again. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could, I could watch that movie every day for the rest of my life and be okay with that. Yep. Um, and so at the time my girlfriend was overseas still and she'd seen it and she messaged me and said, I just walked, it was a, I'm so happy. Mm. And that's exactly what it is. You walk out of that film and I know we weren't going to talk about what a shit year 2016 was, but in a year like this, that is the perfect film you need at the end of it. Yeah. It was it's something it really, like fantastic. It really beast. was because it was just a film where all the way through it, I was smiling. Made I you believe invested. in magic again. Yeah. I was grinning from ear to ear. Like it was just, it was a really, you know, like my, so cause my, my dad often sends out some, some 
often slightly inarticulate film reviews. He likes to think of himself as a bit of a film reviewer. And, and can, like, can, was, we, can we can we just do a spin-off podcast where we just read those out? I think he just should. he just comes in one day, or like do the episode where we just all bring in our dads and let them <laughs> discuss film. But like, but like, my just dad, introduce them and leave the room and the let them. That, like the movie for that episode is the Last, last Samurai. Right? Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. But um, no, like dad's thing with Fantastic Beasts, like. He he sent it to me, and it was um at the end. He just said it's a special movie, and I was like, no, it it was. And you're it right, was, like in this year, like it was, it was a reminder after Cursed Child why Rowling is as successful and yes. as good a storyteller. Yes, she absolutely. Is. What else for you? Uh, I really enjoyed Nice Guys. Yeah, I, oh, that was pretty good. I that wasn't was very good actually. Yeah, I really liked it. I wasn't expecting Nice Guys to be I, like I knew it would be. It's Shane Black, so I knew it'd be good, but it, it surprised me with its like. Shit, Ryan Gosling is funny, uh, and I enjoyed that film. It was everything. Do you know what? It met all my expectations, I think. You know who else was surprisingly funny? Russell Crowe. Yeah, he's not surprisingly funny. I knew he was funny, mate. Did you, though? Because what fucking comedies has he done? He's in Lamey's. He's fucking hilarious in that. <laughs> is that a oh, fifth battle axe that's point? A, that's high five. Don't fucking that high is... five, you spiteful pieces of shit. How many is that for me? Four? That's pretty good, yeah. Because then I'm You're racking up points, mate. See, I don't want to cross the battle axe, but you were just risking I'll cross the battle axe because I'm too handsome for him to fight. He wouldn't. No, that sounds arrogant. But what I mean is, he wouldn't punch me. <laughs> He wouldn't punch me because I'd look at him and he'd feel bad about punching no, me. No, I wouldn't punch you because you'd somehow look even fucking more handsome if I did it. Well, yeah, that's what happened when you walked into an automatic door, you fuckwit. It was open. I know. <laughs> that's the best. So uh, the last film on my top five list, is that, is that, no, that's three, isn't it? Fantastic uh, Beasts, Utopia, Nice, nice guys. guys. Last two, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hunt Hands for down. Days. Mm-hmm. And the most satisfied I have walked out of a cinema. Oh, yeah, I know this. In years where I've walked out of a movie and I've gone, I was with him. He was bulging. That was that was that was that that was what <laughs> cinema should be. Fuck you both. That is what cinema should be. <laughs> My slug had become a snail against. <laughs> Did you get the title out? I don't know if they heard the title. No, no, I didn't even got to the title because you're both being assholes. <laughs> what made you bold, Tom? So the most. Put it away and tell us the title. <laughs> um, the most my elbows are all sore from jacking off just now. Um, the most satisfying I've. That's going to sound real bad. Basically, you know when you walk out of a movie and you go, "That is what every movie should be." Yes, it it was well scripted. It was well shot. It, there was no part of that film that I went, "That isn't a good film." And that was Hell or High Water. Oh, it yeah. to me was the most yeah. perfect. Not not my favorite film of the year. That's Zootopia. But in terms of a cinematic experience, it was the most perfect cinematic experience. I was getting a reach around from Sean during it, so that may have been why. Look, it probably didn't hurt. No, so but but in all seriousness, uh, it, yeah, I was happy was, from the chalk top, and then it just extended beyond that. <laughs> it was it was it was just a perfect film. Yeah, it, it I just, completely agree. It was the right balance of humour and and darkness. The characters were complicated and and well written. The soundtrack. It was you know what it, it got was me. The perfect film. It was that scene where he's talking to the son, and the son's like, oh, he's like, you may be hearing a few things about me, and the son's like, oh, I won't believe him. And he goes, no, you fucking should. I'm a piece yeah. of shit. Don't be don't like feel that. like me. My top five. Um, I'd go Hell or High Water first. Yep. I think it was it's we walked out of that and we're like, that was such a satisfying movie. Um you maybe for different reasons than me, but I enjoyed it. I reckon it's my second after Zuchaka. That's on yeah. Yeah. Hunt for the Wilder people. We've got some crossover here. I just thought it was fucking awesome. 
It was just it exactly delivered what you wanted and just so much more. And Sam Neill was awesome. I don't yeah. remember him sort of being Sam that Neil good in me. years. Uh, I know retweeted you, and you're very happy about <laughs> it. So Congratulations, Jeff. Um, have you seen that 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 Netflix category, which is Sam Neill is grumpy about children, but then goes on an adventure and gets over it, and it's like Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park three, and Hunt for the Wilder People. <laughs> great, <laughs> great. Do yourself. There's, there's this there's this great thing where this person's made like really specific Netflix genres. Yeah, yeah. Go check it out. Awesome. Uh, number three. Now I put this one up. I don't think it's anywhere near the best film of the year, but just in terms of how much joy I get from watching it, is Eddie the Eagle. Absolutely loved it, Gabe. I don't know if you saw. I haven't it. seen it. No, because um, it's, it's a sports a sport. film. It's and it's it's so far up your alley. It's it's, it's basically in your house. It absolutely is. It's as if I've made it myself um, in my backyard. It's beautiful. I just love it. I've watched it like three or four times, and I'll watch it again. It's it's. You're, you're we came out of it actually. Yeah, I saw when I saw it with you. I think it was the second time I saw it, and maybe even before it started, I turned to you and I said, "I think this might be my favorite film of all time." And you're like, "Holy fuck, Sean! <laughs> That's a big call, right? That is a very big call. Not it's very un- emotional. It's, it's a beautiful film. It's not an unshawn like call, though. It's an underdog, and he's oh, he's got heart for father? years." His father, he not father happy is with what he's doing. His father is a bit distant to start with, but comes around. So it's, oh, it's oh, yeah, of, of course, of yeah, course, yeah. that's what happens. You're, you're not going to watch it, are you? Probably not. It has that this beautiful moment at the end where he's been, you know, he has, didn't win a medal or anything at the Olympics, but he, you know, achieved success and earned respect and all that sort of thing. He well, didn't back, even achieve success. He came no, last and everything. He was fucking terrible, it's, but people respected him for trying. It's that's the, the bit, whole message it's the of the bit film. in the middle where just before the end, before yeah. the bit you're talking about, whether the the Finn or the is he Finnish? The Finnish guy, yeah, the Finnish guy who was the world champion. Says to Eddie, you and I are the same. Despite the fact that this guy's the world champion and Eddie barely jumps a qualifying distance. He's like, you and I are the same. We just do this because we love what it is. It's not about winning. It's about what it is. And you're like, holy shit, that's so relevant and apt and perfect and Tear. Fuck yeah, there's tears. Right, could, it's beautiful, but the bit that, that sets you off. And then he gets to the airport at the end and there's a massive crowd waiting at home to support him and his dad's there and his dad's sort of been grumpy the whole, grumpy with him the whole movie. He wants him to have a real job and all that. And his dad's got this jacket on and he takes the jacket and it's got um, Eddie's dad on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they hug course. it out and it's fucking beautiful, even if they stole it from Cool Runnings completely. But, yeah, I love well, it. Funny fact, that's the same Olympics that the Cool Runnings film happened at. Ha, what, an Oli- what a Winter Olympics. Film, yeah. Right. Winter Olympics are the best. Every sport can kill you. Every sport can fucking kill you. Uh, what about to number four? I loved Hacksaw Ridge. Yep. I really had just, it's just like, it, it's one of the best films Globe. of the year. Yeah, it'll be up for Oscars too, surely. I think it'll get nominated for best film and stuff like that. I just think it's fucking so well made. And um, Andrew Garfield's really good. I've never really liked him in, in much. Like, what's he been good in? Uh, social Network. Yeah. Oh, he's good in that, but like- this um, was the best performance I've this, seen. It's never let me go. I haven't seen it. Actually, oh. yeah. Fuck, that's a good movie. Mm. But um, I think I said this to you, Gabe, after I watched Hacksaw Ridge. I'm like, pretty much every actor in that film just delivered like a career best performance. Yeah. Name Hugo like, Weaving. Exception. Hugo Weaving's fucking incredible. Teresa Palmer was like really Chris nice Palmer's great at. in it. Vince Vaughn hasn't been good in years and he's pretty good in it. We're talking about uh, Sam Worthington's Fred good Claus in it. is a great <laughs> film. <laughs> Uh, then I'd round out the five probably with Fantastic Beasts because I just had a grin on my face for like – I didn't go in with a grin because I thought – I read Cursed Child. I thought this is going to be fucking shit. And then after about 15 or 20 minutes, the film just really won me over. We've got significant crossover here because yeah. cause my top five, Hunt for the Wilder People, was yep. my favorite film of the year. Yep. Do you only have four, Sean? No, I went uh, – what did I go? Uh, Hell or High Water. Uh, what was number two? Wilder Eddie People. Eagle, Wilder People. Eddie Eagle was three. Yeah. Axel, Axel Ridge was four. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, Fantastic no, Beast true. Yep. All right. Um, you know, because yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People just just 
enjoyed the absolute fuck out of it from start to finish. Pure didn't joy. Put, didn't put a foot wrong. Yep. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit with Reese Darby's character I thought was a bit he, unnecessary. And that's, but like, that's you wouldn't said, have thought you know that what? going in because didn't matter. Like, he I don't normally need to be perfect. I just need them to be good. Yep. And World of People was so far beyond good. Vegetables. Like, just Vegetables. He was great. Um, I love their Fanta, don't they? Oh, but yeah, like I mean, I love, I love Reese Darby, but I just thought it was this a was a miss from him. Yeah. It was a bit of a miss for me. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, Wilder People favorite from the year. Um, Hacksaw Ridge. I just honestly, I started watching the film, and there's a bit at the start where he hits his brother, and he's looking at the painting of Cain and Abel, oh, and he's yeah. like, "I will never hurt another man as long as I live." <laughs> and I was like, "I fucking hate this film." And then 20 minutes later, I was like, "No, I'm so invested, and I don't know why." Yep. It was just such a classic Hollywood good story where, like, as it went on, I was like. And the bit where, like, he goes back into the field and he, like, the music swells and he goes back to save people, I was like, somebody actually did this. And I remember it got to the end of the film and I was watching it with my dad and there were the interviews with the real people there at yeah, the end. Yeah. So I'm sitting there watching them. And as, like, the real guy comes up and he's discussing one of the things we actually saw him do in the film, the real Desmond Doss, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm crying. I'm fucking crying. I'm sitting there being like, fuck, fuck, go on for long enough for me to hide this from my dad. Go on for long enough. And, like, my stern Austrian father sitting next to me. And I'm sitting there being like, fuck, fuck, like, wiping tears away. The lights come up. And then I kind of don't look at dad and I just hear from next to me, I've got something in my eye. And he just storms out. <laughs> um, so there was that. No, Hacksaw Ridge, absolutely. Yeah. Um, fantastic Beast for all the reasons we discussed. Yeah. Like just really, really enjoyed that all the way through start to finish. Hell or High Water, again, yes. for all the reasons you said, just yep. absolutely just a really good, excellent film. And um, finally, a bit of an out of left field one, The Shallows. Yeah, okay. I saw it. And the, you know, I like can it. I say it yeah. ticks the boxes for you. It's got a shark in it. And Blake Lively. Well, no, just the fact that it's got a shark well, I mean, in it. But, but yeah, apart from that, though, like... It's Jaws 5. It, it might as well have been. But, like, the thing about The Shallows is, you know, it's it's not an ambitious movie at all. It's, no. it's got... It's nothing more than a really good concept. Yep. A girl is in shallow water on a rock 100 metres from the shore and there is a shark circling her. What does she do? Point A. Point B, just really tight, really well put together. It did... It was a film that... It is actually competence personified. It is a film that had a really good, simple premise that would have been so easy not to do well and did it exceptionally well. The whole film, I was on the edge of my seat. I was invested. It didn't It didn't try to, like, give the character more to her than it needed. It didn't try to, like, be, be more complex or more unnecessarily deep than it needed to be. It was just exactly what it was and excelled at being what it was. It was pure entertaining cinema as a thrill ride all the way through. wasn't too long. Didn't yep. overstay its welcome. I was on the edge of my seat. I was punching the air at moments. I just had such a good time. I don't think I have enjoyed a film that much in the cinema in terms of just like the visceral reaction it got from me of like punching the air, enjoying it, grinning from ear to ear, like just getting right into it, embarrassing the people I was seeing the film with <laughs> since Jurassic World. Because wow. I just <laughs> I remember that enjoyed one. myself. <laughs> yeah, you were there with we, me. We, and, we'd cops a few. <laughs> and, you know, I embarrassed myself in like, you know, all the times I was punching the chair and Yelling out loud and all that. Did exactly the same thing. And when his erection kept poking the guy in front of him, that was particularly uncomfortable. But but like in the shallows, the person I saw it with was like shrinking away from me all the way through the film because I just kept like going like yeah, punching the air. No, but see, I love I love that a film can do that to people. That's and that's it. That's why I love the shallows. The shallows is just everything. That's everything cinema should do, which is like which is how it's how I feel about Hello High Water. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Also, if I had to go like a sixth film, I would go. I was going to say, do we have any honourable mentions? I have an honourable mention for uh, the film whose title I always fuck up. I think it was Deepwater Horizon, the Mark yep. Wahlberg yep. Um, oil disaster one. Did well, you guys what were you going to say? Deep Horizon Water? I can't remember. Um, what other option was there? I don't know. I kept saying it wrong when it came. Hor- horizontal to the, to the ticket box. I was like, mm, deep sea um, sunset, please. Something like that. I don't know. Um, that film, I just invested. Can I see our shallow moon uh, backdoor? <laughs> I'm just here for the Marky Mark film, please. Just uh, two tickets. Um, 
I invested in his character immediately and they did it really like um, the craft of it was really good. They just did it with, with him and his family and then he went off and, and did that. But what hit me the most, basically I spent an hour and a half or two hours, whatever the runtime of this thing was, trying not to cry in front of the friend that I saw it with because the movie just fucking destroyed me. And then you get to the end and um, this isn't a spoiler because you hear Mark Wahlberg's like voiceover at the start and you know that his character survives this whole thing. But it, it actually, it doesn't just end on like the happy ending of him like getting off, you know, escaping. It shows him like afterwards just like um, just like post-traumatic stress disorder and how fucked he is and it just destroyed me emotionally. It's a beautiful film. Pete Berg directed it. He made other shit films like Battleship and stuff, but this was a good one. If all right, if, if I if I had to go if I had to go three, I've got three honorable mentions, mm. and I'm going to bust them real quick. Spotlight, which came out in America last year, but this are we year, year? Do we count it? Come on, mate. I'm counting it because I saw it this year, right. and I had the exact same reaction you had to Hacksaw Ridge. I held it together until the final beat of the film, where the credits cut to all of the parishes where allegations of sexual yeah, abuse. Yeah. Could you give that film happened. credit? For it, not it, even trying at all no. to be sentimental. No, like it, it doesn't try it for so it at all, and it still works and you, you on hit, every emotional. You watch level. it, and you're like, "Wow, this is really, really amazing." And it, you hit that bit at the end, and the names just keep coming. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's and I the just felt that. my heart just shatter into a thousand pieces, and I was like, "This happened." Yeah, and somebody like someone actually had to do that. I was like, "This has happened. To, this is people's lives, and they don't, they don't try to." They don't Hollywoodize it. No, not at all. It's that's just so deliberate and so yeah. just. Sparsely made. It's fantastic. And on the flip side of that, uh, the other one of the other honorable mentions is Midnight Special, which you convinced me to watch. That okay, that's probably my sixth bizarre film, fucking good film. But just again, simple premise, told really well, really great performances. Just very tight. They don't don't give you all the information because they're like bad luck. You don't need it. Yeah, literally, they don't explain why this is happening. You just get this is you, you literally walk in about. Probably an hour in. So if it was a bad film, you would come in at the hour and a half mark of this version. Of the Did film. I tell you anything about it before you saw no, it? No, you just told because me to go watch Because that's literally, um, we all love movies. So typically when we go see a movie, we probably know quite a bit about the movie yeah, already. Yeah. That's literally the only film I saw this year where I, I knew nothing. I knew that Michael Shannon was in it and that's it. Yep. I was at the Nova one night and we we're like, oh, don't, let's pick something. Picked that and it just like blew me away by how good it was. Just simple. And yep. the other one, which was the opposite, where I thought I knew what it was going in and what I got was very different. And I know you hated it, mm. but I enjoyed it because I was like, this is a totally different film than what it was marketed as. And that was Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah. So it's pitched as like a, a weird rescue buddy film where they rescue George Clooney. And it's and literally it's a film about Josh Brolin's day. And how he has to decide whether he wants to keep doing what so he's market doing. So market it like that. That's I agree. The marketing for that film is shit. Mm. The execution of the film, tick. Yep. See, if I had three honorable mentions, um, one would be- Sean only got one. Fuck you. Oh, did you? Did you no, 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 no. Oh, as in, fuck him. No, no, he doesn't No, I have more. to think of one. Like, um, I, I no, no, quite no. liked a Deadpool. Yeah, I would right. go- See, I wouldn't put- I would go Civil War for, yep, no. for actually making me willing to watch more superhero films. Sure. Yep. Particularly coming off of BVS and things like that, where I was mm. like, "Fuck this!" And I don't, I don't, I, because again, expect, I don't think BVS. <laughs> How good was, was Civil War? It yeah. was really, really good, like, but it was just shit. a really good film. It was. Yeah. They it was didn't well try together. too hard. They had a villain that made sense. Yes, it had a great fun action scene in the middle that didn't make me want to shoot myself. It, they, they, it also, CGI it also, climax. it also justified the fight between the two heroes after they've kind of made up. In that, despite all who they are. This guy still had his his last little needle point to poke into Tony yes. Stark and, and Steve Rogers to make him fight. Yeah. What I like most about Captain America as a character is that he's always the same. Yeah. They don't. It's a he doesn't change. Everything else. And yeah. that's why that's why he's a great um, character. Anyway, continue. Civil War. Uh, 
not because it's an amazing film, but because it's a film that, like, in a, in a time when, like, horror doesn't really affect me that much because I've seen a lot of horror films, but a horror film that made me feel physically sick was Green Room. Yeah. Just okay. a bit with his arm. Yeah, that was pretty If you've grim. seen Green Room, you know what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, the bit with his arm, that fucked me up. The film that on was, a whole let me down it, a yeah, little bit. The film on a whole wasn't amazing. But Patrick Stewart, just, too. The, his performance yeah, was very hyped and was just, um, you know. And the nice guys probably as well, for all the reasons you mentioned, just really fun. Yep. Didn't. Not enough to warrant my top five, but really good. Yeah, yeah. it's in my top ten. I love that. That's why those three sit outside the top five. Yeah, that's it. And Rogue One. Arrival. <laughs> we watched Arrival yeah. recently, and for the first two-thirds of it, it's a bit like, yeah, this is all right, and then it fucking destroys you in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. I don't know if that's worthy of an honourable mention. But yeah, because yeah, the whole film it's was a well-made like, film. It ticks along well. It's well-made, but it didn't, it didn't yeah. blow me away, and then the last- the last 20 minutes, I was like, even though I figured out the ending about halfway through, mm. for the yep. last 20 minutes, I was like, yep. fuck, that's really well put together. Yep. That hit me really hard. Um, and I guess the final category, which is something that Zavit urged me to put in because they put it in last year, things I said that hurt your feelings the most. That <laughs> you said? Yes. Um, I think the whole thing that happened earlier this episode where you just yelled at me for five minutes about Rogue One. Yeah, but that was warranted, so don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it still hurt my feelings. No. Uh, Get better feelings. Yeah, I should. Um, Try to think of, like, anything I've disagreed on with Gabe this year. No, I think we're pretty much on the same page. Yeah, we're on the same page with... I I, I I disagree with you about Rogue One. Uh, I think (laughs) the thing that... The thing that that Sean did... That hurt my feelings the most. Was it, it wasn't you, Gabe. You just happened oh, to be there. It was when I, I sat down to make Sean watch the pilot of Preacher. Oh, yeah. That's and I right. just was so desperately seeking his approval I and know. I didn't get it. But, like, can I just say, being in that room, <laughs> being sitting between you yeah. and watching it, being like, I've got no investment. I've never read the comics. This is just a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense. And on the one side, I was watching Sean shrinking deeper and deeper into his chair, watching his rage face battle axe expression slowly, like, come out of his usually, like, mild mannered demeanor. And you on the other side, just more and more frantically as the episode continues, like looking over at him, hoping, <laughs> hoping to see just the tiniest glimmer of enjoyment and you weren't getting it. And I could feel your like growing desperation all the way through it. And then when it ended and just, you could hear a fucking pin drop in that room as you waited for the ax to fall quite literally. <laughs> and Sean just kind of sat there, like just building, building, building. And he's just like, nah. <laughs> and you just like tried so hard to convince it. It was so good. So you got off all right. So basically both of my, both of my things that you both said to me that were sad or were bits where I really enjoyed something and then you both just crushed my dreams. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, actually, no, I think, well, I didn't have a Mad Max with Jessica Jones this year, so no. so I think I've gotten off pretty okay with hurting yeah, people's feelings. Yeah, yeah true, right, true, true. Do you, I'm trying to Although think that Rogue any... One rant probably isn't going to endear me to anyone, but whatever. Oh, but it's 100% Can correct. Can I just say all those, so, people, yeah. all those people weren't endeared to you anyway, so. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I don't think this. If you've come this far and you don't like me, I'm not going to change your mind. Like, it's going to stay the At same. At a certain point, just accept him, to be honest. That's it. Yeah. I do. I tolerate him in his shit mugs. Thanks, mate. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, that's been, um, that's been 2016. Um, I guess, I, I guess like, just for the merit of this episode being the last episode of the year and sort of wrapping it all up, um, I should probably just say a tremendous thank you to everyone who's been listening, everyone who's kind of, you know, tweeted us, everybody who's told us the stuff we do is good because, honestly, that really makes our day and that makes us... It yeah, does. We're, pretty... we're real simple, shallow people. We, we really, really are. But so like, when you tell us yeah. that you like us on Twitter, I'm happy for a whole three hours. Oh, no, it's the same for me. Like, I, yeah. I, I 
screenshot those tweets and send them to my mum. Um, like, <laughs> my so, mum follows me on Twitter so she can see what I'm up to. Oh, it's good. It's good. No, like just, I tell my girlfriend, I go, someone liked my pitch today. She's like, oh, that's good. And I'm like, no, it's great. <laughs> yeah. See, no, why don't you appreciate yeah. me more? So the other the, the thing of it is, guys, like um, the, the people listening, like you, you do. And getting to getting to talk to you like the live shows and everything, and thank you to everyone who came to the live show. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for um, just rocking up, paying money to hear us talk this shit. I know, right? Like, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate that. But like, getting to getting to interact, getting to hear from people, getting the emails that we get occasionally, stuff like that, um, just absolutely makes our lives and makes doing this, even though it's a lot of fun, and we would probably just do it even if five people were listening, makes it just feel very worth all of our time. I think, and it's just, I don't know. That's. That's probably yep. like a little bit more sentimental than this podcast normally gets, but it is a special fun it's thing. Been one of those years. It's it. been one of those years. You need yeah, to get sentimental. It's more it. sentimental than Gabe's ever been in his whole exactly. life. Exactly. So, you know what? Um, gather it's it up getting the, weird in here. Gather it up for the cruel, sarcastic months ahead. Um, but, <laughs> but no, again, a, gen- a very genuine thank you from all of us here for everything. And um, we'll see you next year. And on that note, I've been Gabe. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. Tweet us at, at Sandspence Radio or at our personal Twitters. I'm at Gobergmoser. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. I'm at Awkward Treed. And that's it. We're out. See you next year. Thanks, guys. See ya. If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com.